Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, y'all, and welcome back into an episode that's a special episode, a bonus episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo. And today, this is an emergency podcast because one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest tennis player of all time, is retiring. Yeah, Serena just retired, but now it is Roger Federer. Roger Federer has announced that he will retire after the Labor Cup in London here in 2022. Truly a sad day in tennis, really. I think a lot of fans knew this day was coming, but I don't think a lot of people knew how close it was to actually being here. Now, there had been reports earlier this year that he was coming back from his knee injury and things were going well. He announced he was going to play in the Labor Cup. And then closer to the Labor Cup, which in the last month or so, there was reports out of Switzerland that his knee wasn't healing the way it was supposed to and he was having more complications and there was just more drama with it. And so really, we probably should have seen this coming. I mean, Roger Federer is 41 years old. He's been on tour for over 24 years. We should have known something like this was probably on the way, but he officially announced it this morning on the morning of September 15th, 2022. He is officially retiring from tennis. Now, what Roger Federer has done for tennis has been no shortage of remarkable. Now, I'm going to go through some of his stats and some of the things he's done for tennis and sports in general through this podcast. I'm going to make this a quick, short podcast, but just get some things out there for you to think about about his retirement. Now, before I do that, the Labor Cup in London is always a big deal. And when Roger said he was going to be there, it became even a bigger deal. But now that Roger is going to be there and retire, I believe the big fours getting back together, or the big three at least, which is Roger, Rafa, Novak at this tournament. So there's going to be a ton that goes on. There's going to be a whole, you know, farewell. I thought for sure he would play at Wimbledon one more time or try to play another slam quick, but he announced this morning that is not the case. It sounds like it's really his knee and his body is telling him to stop. That's what it sounded like in his farewell you know, video that he sent out on social media. If you want to listen to the whole thing, read the whole thing, you can go to his social media and see that. But it sounds like his body's shutting down, and at 41, it's hard to really come back and play tennis. Um, You know, he hasn't played in so long, and his ranking is pretty much non-existent. So coming back, he's going to be a wild card or, you know, definitely not seated in a tournament. He's got to play someone really good right off the bat. It's just sometimes it's not feasible to do that. He said he is done with ATP tour-level matches after the Laver Cup. Let's go through some of the numbers of Roger's career. Now, in 2009, that was a big year for him. That year, he won Roland Garros in 2009, and he completed the career Grand Slam that year. And then in Wimbledon, one month later, he beat Pete Sampras' all-time men's singles record after he got his 15th major trophy. Now, before that... I remember talking to people, and they're like, 14 Grand Slams Sampras has? Like, that. that is so many. I don't know if that'll ever be touched. He really paved the way to get to 20. He was the first ever men's player to get to 20 Grand Slam titles, and I believe he paved the way for Rafa and Novak Djokovic, the way that he did it and how dominant he was during streaks of time during his over 24-year career that he had on tour. Now, another thing that Roger did is he won 1,251, 1,251 tour-level wins during his career. That's the second-most victories only behind Jimmy Connors, who had 1,274. So he was only 23 short from having the most 
wins on tour ever. Now, he also had 103 tour-level trophies, so he won 103 tournaments on the tour. That is also second to Jimmy Connors, who had 109. So when it comes to tour level, he was one of the best to ever do it at that level. Uh, He had 59 wins and 18 qualifications into the Nito ATP Finals. He had six titles there at the Nito ATP Finals. Uh, He had a great ATP Masters 1000 career. He won 28 titles there. I believe Rafa and Novak have gone above that since then. But 28 titles at the Masters 1000 events, incredible. Here's a stat that I think is remarkable when you look at what he's done just in sheer matches. Now, Roger Federer has played 1,526 matches in singles, and his record is 1,251 and 275. (laughs) I mean, that is so many matches. He's almost won 1,000 more matches than he's lost. And then in doubles, he was 131 and 92 playing 223 matches. So overall singles and doubles, he's played almost 1,750 matches. And what's even more incredible than that is he's never retired once. He's never walked off court early once, which is remarkable. Now, when you look at Roger Federer and what he's done in his career, a large part of the success in his career came in the early 2000s. He was so dominant in the early 2000s. Listen to this stat. From June 2004 to August 2006, Roger Federer won at least one set in 194 straight matches. 194 straight matches over two years. He won at least one set. Some stuff Carlos Alcaraz is doing right now, but Alcaraz ain't even close to what he's doing right now. So what Federer did during that time, those two years, 2004-2006, he went 184 for 10 overall. He had 25 titles and 35 events, including Grand Slam champion at the Aussie Open, Wimbledon twice, and the U.S. Open twice. That's what I'm talking about when he was so dominant. I remember when I was a kid, I almost wouldn't watch Grand Slams because I already knew Federer was going to win it. And I was a kid, so I was like, why am I wasting my time watching all this tennis when I already know who's going to win? That's not even exciting because he was so dominant in the sport of tennis. I mean, Roger Federer, what he's done just on court speaks for itself. Even when you look at how many weeks he spent at world number one, he spent 310 weeks at world number one, which is the second most since 1973, only behind Novak Djokovic, who spent more. But he has the top spot for 237 consecutive weeks that he spent at world number one. Again, that's from 2004 to 2008. And like I said, in the early 2000s, he was so, so good. There's no doubt that Roger's been transformative to the game on the court. First guy to 20 grand slams. He was really the first one to you know, make believe that players could get to that many grand slams. And he was the first one of the big three to really make a staple and make and make a, you know, a splash in the sport of tennis. When you look at the big three, in my eyes, who leads the big three? It's Roger Federer. But what he's done off the court has also been incredible. Roger Federer, I believe, has transformed the sport in such a way that, you know, it's going to excel for years and years to come. Roger Federer has been the highest paid athlete, male athlete, for some time now. You know, he's in 2019, I believe he made like $106 million. And it's incredible that he's only made, you know, seven or $8 million that year in tennis. That means he makes like $100 million in endorsement. The way that he's branded himself and the way that he's brought business into the sport, you know, such a global sport to bring business in it to the way that he's done it 
is incredible, and I think it's paved the way for guys like Rafa and Novak to have their own logo. Rafa's got the bull. Novak's got the ND. Andy Murray's got his own clothing line. Stuff like that. Roger Federer came out with his RF and really gave fans a way to connect with him. Because in other sports, you look at, you know, Russell Wilson. If you want a Russell Wilson jersey and support him and represent him, you buy a Russell Wilson jersey. If you want a, you know, Peyton Manning, you buy a Peyton Manning jersey. Stuff like that. But in tennis... You can't do that. You just buy like whatever Nike or Adidas or whatever clothes they're wearing that represents them so you can be like them. Well, when Roger Federer came out with the RF, it gave fans really a chance to represent him and buy a piece of his clothing that when they're in public and they're playing, they feel like, you know, they're representing him and they're supporting him. And that was transformative in my mind to the sport of tennis. Now there's brands coming out left and right, kind of like the Jordan brand, but Jordan already had a number and he already had the bulls, all that stuff. In tennis, they just got a t-shirt and shorts. Like that's it. So when Roger came out with the RF, I had an RF hat. I know a lot of people have an RF hat and it's really paved the way for people moving forward. So when it comes to branding and the business of tennis, he's been, I believe he's been a trailblazer in that aspect as well. In the letter that he wrote saying that he is done in retiring from tennis after the Labor Cup, I think one of the most important things he said is he's done playing at the tour level. He is going to continue to play. I think exhibitions are still going to happen all over the world where he can play, you know, still a high level of tennis against high level players. But it is going to be sad to not see him play at any more Grand Slams. He said he's done with Grand Slams. He said he, you know, is hoping to stay involved in the sport. And I think that is uber important for the sport of tennis, for the Grand Slams. I think all the Grand Slams bring him back over the next year or two years just to have him represent the Grand Slams. They fly him in for you know charity matches or exhibition matches, and I bet he sells out. He'll sell out Rod Laver. He'll sell out Center Court. He'll sell out you know Philippe Chatrier. He'll sell out Arthur Ashe, I think, because people just want a good taste of you know Roger Federer on his way out over the next year. I think he can do that, and I think the Grand Slams will do that. But I think most importantly, what people need to remember about this time of him retiring is that he's not leaving the game. And I think that's so important. Someone who has so many business opportunities elsewhere, who can take his talent so many different places and literally not touch tennis ever again. For him to say that he's going to stay in the sport, stay involved in the sport, and really grow the sport as an ambassador, I think that's critical and that's crucial. Um, there's not much left else to say about his career. An, an incredible career, a remarkable career, something that I'm so thankful I was a part of, something I was so thankful I was able to watch. I remember watching him at the U.S. Open in 2019. I remember watching him at Indian Wells warm up. I believe that was like 2017. And just the way he carries himself, just an incredible role model for young kids like me, like so many others uh, throughout the last you know 24 years or so. He has been a staple of the sport of tennis. In my eyes, he's on the Mount Rushmore of sports in general, up there with Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods. You name other goats of the sport, he's up there. Muhammad Ali, those guys, he's up there. You pick four of them, he's one of the four. Is he the goat of tennis? I don't know. There's a lot of things he's done really good, um, and he beats people in some categories, but when it comes to Grand Slams, you know, he's third in line. And that's going to be an argument a lot of people are going to have to make. I'm not one to say he is or he isn't. In my eyes, he was the first GOAT for me, so it's hard to like dethrone him as the GOAT. But there's no doubt he's paved the way for so many players moving forward. Roger Federer, 
Thank you for everything you've done for the sport of tennis. You've given me something to be a fan of. You've given me something to look forward to. And I cannot wait to see what he does moving forward. I'm, if you go on social media, you can see a lot, a lot, a lot of more of just everything that he's done and things moving forward. But that's the gist of his retirement. And as Roger says goodbye, I'm going to say goodbye out of this episode. I hope you guys got what you needed to get this day of retirement for Roger Federer. Thanks for listening. We'll see you just in a few days. Talk about Davis Cup and more about Roger Federer's retirement. Farewell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.